Before we get to our guest, I want to talk about our NOAA subscription. CD Media is not just a local news company. We're not just a military company. We're not even just a national company. CDM is a global news organization that has reporters from the Middle East to Eastern Europe to the Balkans to Asia to Latin America to the United States. Put us in your daily scan and get the news, tip of the spear news from around the world. I know that people don't like ads, however. They don't like pop-up ads on their phone. They don't like to see ads on the websites. But you know what? We have to make money. Seriously, we have to support ourselves, and that's one of the ways we do it. However, if you don't like ads, you can sign up for our no-ad subscription. And guess what? You get access to our dozen newspapers around the world, our dozen news organizations, and you get access to all this quality, high-quality content. So, so give us a few bucks, sign up for your no-ad subscription, and you'll get access to all of the sites with a block on the ads, and you'll be very happy. And now let's get to our guest. It is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. So welcome back to Information Operation. I've got a, a very interesting guest with us today. Dr. Charlie Cropley is a naturopathic, I hope I said that right, physician. Uh, he's got a lot of experience over 40 years, and he's focused on training other physicians in his style of practicing medicine. Welcome, Charlie. Thank you so much, Todd. Uh, it's an honor. So uh, I'll just let you tell us first about yourself and you know how you got into this and, and what your real focus is. Okay, as I said, I'm a naturopathic physician. Uh, and what uh, <clears throat> naturopathic medicine you could roughly equate with holistic medicine. Mm -hmm. My approach is the diagnosis and therapeutics of human behavior, mm -hmm. specifically the ways that my patients eat their exercise and rest, their mind, their thoughts and emotions, and the quality of their relationships with other people and themselves. Wow. So there has been a big loss of trust in the medical community over the last several years yes. due to COVID, et cetera. Um, have you seen a, a movement towards your way? Because a lot of old ways of doing things are coming back in a big way, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. These are um, ancient. This is ancient wisdom mm -hmm. and also modern wisdom that has been uh, ignored by our conventional medical community. And COVID is on a community level, a national level, a global level, a healing crisis. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> in naturopathic medicine, a healing crisis is to us a call for attention. And we say that wise and compassionate action 
is the only remedy. So yes, what I have seen you as well is the awakening that we see in Peter McCullough, Pierre Corey, mm -hmm. Brett mm -hmm. Weinstein, Heather Weinstein. Right. Uh, across the board, we see people who are paying attention, following the science, and seeing that the uh, narrative given to us by our once trusted government and institutions is false. It's almost like uh, they are pushing drugs for money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> so as a naturopathic doctor, yeah, then effectively marginalized and we could say canceled since day one. That is mm -hmm. the nature of naturopathic medicine. And so I'm used to this. I have always looked at the pharmaceutical industry, at the, at the profession of medicine, if you would, or the institution of medicine as one that is, you could say, driven by other motives. Mm -hmm. yep. Well, you know, it was kind of obvious if you had the forethought to look at it years ago when you had... Uh, a lot of these farmer reps would go around to the doctor's offices and spend, throw a lot of money around and, you know, drop the drugs off. And I had a friend who he called, he laughed and said he sold drugs and he left the business because he had his eyes opened. His mother had a certain disease and there, there was a drug that was prescribed by the big pharma. And there was rumors that it was nefarious and didn't work and was harmful he gave it to her anyway and say, no, I know I work for the drug company. It's all good. They tell me it's fine. And his mother was damaged. So he ended up leaving the profession. So, or at least the sales for that big pharma company. So I think, and I remember seeing a lot of, you know, people that I knew that were in the drug selling business basically for big pharma, but it was big money, right? I mean, that was a good thing while they had it, I guess was and is continues to be big money and perhaps its biggest profit center being COVID. Yeah, for sure. Yes, yes. in which the effects done on this scale in this short of time period have been unmistakable. Everyone yeah. that's listening to this knows of uh, friends, relatives, and uh, persons who have been damaged by COVID, who have been by the care they've received in COVID and the lack of care they've received in COVID and been damaged, experienced adverse reactions to vaccinations. It's, it's widespread and the awakening, while tragic, is necessary and yes. it's proving beneficial. What I can't get over is, I mean, did they think they were going to get away with this? I mean, or did they just not care? Or were they trying to kill people? Or was it just the money blinded them? I don't understand what the long-term motivation is. I, I think a combination of those. I'm reluctant to think that they were actively wanting to kill people. Um, yeah. However, uh, yes, I think that it's a combination of those. And it all comes down to you and me, to us who see this. And I, I compliment all of us 
on the courage that we are showing to uh, be a voice for the truth. Well, all the doctors you mentioned, many of them have stayed at my house. I consider them good friends. So uh, that's, uh, you know, it's great to hear those names. One of them helped a family member of mine get through a vax injury. So uh, what do you see coming in the future? I mean, we're awake. At least a lot of us are. You know, I don't trust any kind of medical advice anymore unless it's from somebody I trust. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a veteran. I went to the VA and the, the resident, you know, they have a lot of residents working there. And she said, you know, do you want the vaccine? And I'm like, why are you asking me that? Don't you know they hurt people? So you, you still have to, uh, you know, what, what, what do you see coming in the medical profession, I guess? Here's what I see coming. And uh, <clears throat> I'm, of course, as a physician, uh, offer a prognosis to every one of my patients. Mm-hmm. And my prognosis begins at the first visit with a tentative prognosis. So my tentative prognosis is this, is that uh, I see our culture, our society as having the equivalent of cancer. Mm-hmm. And that I know from working with many cancer patients that, <clears throat> that the process of healing is arduous, mm-hmm. trying and that if we, it, it asks us, as I have said, to examine our own behaviors, our own mm-hmm. attitudes, and to heal those. Mm-hmm. It's a formidable challenge. And as we embrace this, we will face repeated, repeated, we will face our own resistance to making these changes. Sure. And in that process, if we give ourselves to it well, I predict that we will face difficult times and I do not know for how long. And my, uh, my prediction is that, uh, is that this is inescapable and I am an optimist to the bone, to the soul. Yeah, yeah. And believe that we will overcome I believe that we will overcome, and uh, but it's uh, almost we're almost incapable of viewing how we will be transformed in that process. That's interesting. I'm optimistic too. I just don't know how it's going to happen. That's right. Because uh, it's not just medicine; it's all of our institutions. That's right. We that are, are being, corrupted. Yeah, we are being asked in the same way as we are being asked by the climactic changes that we see, the same way as we're being asked by poverty, by homelessness, by children's sexual abuse, and on and on with all these crises. We are being asked for the same change. And we, none of us, none of us has the answer of what we need to do. And in the other sense, all of us have a piece of the answer of how we need to do. Very well put. Very yep. well. Yep. What is essential is our ability to speak truthfully with one another and to listen compassionately to one another that we might find each person's contribution and mm-hmm. heal. So it sounds, uh, to get back to your way of practicing medicine, it sounds like you're almost a therapist, among other things. I'm a teacher. Ah, okay. And, and 
yes, therapy, as you're referring to it, is probably the essential of, of my work. Um, let's see. Uh, let me give you some practicals here. Sure, yeah. What the difference is. So what this comes down to is very practical action that must be taken. We must, as physicians, learn to understand the healing power of fever, mm. fever and inflammation. And currently, even the best of our doctors use what we term in naturopathic medicine to be suppressive treatments. Yeah. Whether it's ibuprofen, whether, whether the treatments are uh, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, mm -hmm. whatever they are, they, they treat fever as an enemy. Mm -hmm. And fever is the fundamental healing mechanism of the body. And it's said that if you feed a fever, you will have to starve a cold. Mm -hmm. That is, that is, you will suppress it and it will become, it will be driven deeper into the body and you will face other complications with it. So knowing how to use, how to feed an acutely ill patient correctly mm. and knowing how to use the power of water and water treatments and, and others is essential if we are to if we are to be able to heal the acute phases of covid wow yep. so i've spent a lot of time overseas you know eastern europe and other places uh, where they I, I learned that they practice medicine in a different way i mean what you said about fever is very important to them they they say well this is your body trying to fight in the infection and exactly. so it's okay so, um, and they do things, I, I remember looking at a, an image of some women with uh, ultraviolet light stuck up their noses and I was laughing, you know, several years ago, but then that came out as a, an effective treatment against some, uh, I guess, pathogens. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I'm just saying other people do different things outside of the U.S. where we're very focused on just drugs. Yes. Yes. So, Yes. Those, those ancient ways, if you look at tra traditions of uh, Chinese medicine, of mm -hmm. Ayurvedic medicine, of indigenous medicines, of uh, American mm -hmm. herbalism, we, mm -hmm. we see there uh, the honoring of the, uh, of the wisdom of illness. Mm -hmm. And you see there that the foundation of every one of these treatments is founded in the four behaviors that I have named mm -hmm. in, in one learning to move their body, beginning with learning how to breathe mm -hmm. with correct feeding, mm -hmm. with the use of the mind to heal afflictive emotions and thoughts mm -hmm. and the honoring of teachers who are holders of these wisdom, of this wisdom. And this is en enjoying a rebirth today because it absolutely must, right? It is, we human beings are the, our worst enemy and the source yeah. of our maladies. 
and accepting that, lovingly accepting that, that in our ignorance of this wisdom, we have created havoc here. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. I mean, obviously there's been advances in medicine over time, but where, I mean, I, my thoughts just initially are what you're saying is a very good base, but when, when is like surgery or cancer treatments in a hospital effective or appropriate? I mean, where, where does that line, where do you cross that line and to move into the more, I guess, uh, I don't want to say modern, but more allopathic, yeah. or conventional. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I employ those as a part mm-hmm. of my work with every patient. I'm trained, I'm trained as a physician. Mm-hmm. I understand well the benefits of medications and of surgery. Mm-hmm. And most of my patients come to me already on medications. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if I have a patient who has ulcerative colitis and bleeding bowel movements, I will, with that patient, as, as their behavior improves and they become more vital and their self-healing processes come on board, mm-hmm. then it is possible to reduce their medications. However... Mm-hmm going on vacation and eating with family or facing a trauma stress in life, their bleeding bowel movements return. It yeah. may be that I will give them prednisone steroid enemas prescription item during that time, or perhaps even a steroid ex- itself. Yeah. Well, working with them at the same time to minimize the amount of these medications that they need. So I've come to the, naturally in my own life to the point where I don't want to take anything. I mean, it, you know, because I took, I was pushed on the statins because my I have a history in my family of high cholesterol, and and now I can't run like I used to. My joints are screwed up. I mean, it attacked my liver, and I just stopped it. Uh, but I, I just think maybe I have hereditary high cholesterol, and I'll, you know, all my grandparents lived a long time, you know, so I'm not <laughs> that worried about it, but. I guess the point, the question is, I guess when you start taking some drugs, because I don't take anything, I don't want to take anything. Is high blood pressure medicine? You know, as people get older, where where is where does the line? I guess you just need a good physician like you. Well, but, here's here's what it is. A, I'd yeah. say, come come and see me, Todd. Yeah. Okay. I would be honored to care for you, but you raise the point, which is this: in my uh-huh. training of physicians and my work with my patients. The, the, the focus is, so with physicians, is first on the physician herself mm-hmm. and examining her own ways of eating, moving, thinking, and relating. Mm-hmm. And as she heals, she or he heals their own life, mm-hmm. they then, that is their training. Uh, Physician heal thyself. That is the training by which their view of the world, their understanding of illness, their confidence in healing illness is transformed in that process. I could see that. Yeah. Right. This is this is the only way it works. It's the only way it works is that we heal ourselves. That's so the embracing of this is I would say the uniqueness of my teaching is I work with doctors and I 
guide them through the first questionnaire that I give to my patients. And in there are 15 questions that ask them how well they care for themselves through their eating, moving, thinking, and relating. Mm -hmm. How kind are they to themselves? What is their level of self-control, of their ability to change their behaviors for the better? Mm -hmm. Such questions as that. And that, uh, that uh, engaging those questions is... Mm-hmm. how that how they heal themselves last question what about long covid are you effective in that area because that's that's a problem for a lot of people they have weird that's things right. years later after covid yes it's a problem for a lot of people as are the uh large number of adverse reactions to the vaccine and sure. both I handle the same. And it seems simple. And it is simple, not easy. My answer is I employ the exact same methodologies for both diagnosis and therapeutics. And what I find is, here again, mm-hmm. we're searching today. You're mm-hmm. asking me, how do you treat the symptoms of long COVID? Mm-hmm. It's a mystery to us. And what I find is, yeah, this the vaccine, for example, is likely um, not natural and generated yeah. in a lab. And how does the body deal with foreign substances like that? Yeah. The answer that I have experienced for 45 years of dealing with toxic pharmaceutical substances in my patients is that the body's ability to purify itself of those of those poisons is unparalleled. Ah, that's good news, right? That's fabulous news. It is yeah. absolutely fabulous news and something that every person and every doctor can experience for themselves in their own body and in their clinic. Well, it's obvious to me, like you said, that I think COVID and the vaccine are the same thing. I mean, they're bioweapons that basically were hoisted upon us. Um, yeah, I'm close to sharing that with you. It seems highly plausible. Yeah. So, uh, how do people find out more about you, get in touch with you, all that? Thank you. Uh, my website, which is Mm charliecropley.com is the best source. The next is my email, the word health at charliecropley.com. Uh, through Twitter, I'm beginning to find my way into Twitter and no, into X and love it dearly. And lastly, my cell is 303-442-6161 and call me up. Fantastic, Doc. I want to have you back on a regular basis. It's, it's really good information and something people need to get their arms around for their own health and well-being. So Absolutely, Todd. I thank you for the invitation and look forward to it. All right. Take care. You too.